This is American Hysteria's Aftershock, where I share with you a story that didn't make it into the main episode. I'm your host, Chelsea Weber-Smith, and today we're talking about violent video games. The game GoldenEye came out for Nintendo 64 when I was nine, and I would sit in a room in the dark late at night, actually terrified of what felt so incredibly real. The blockhead graphics are laughable now, but back then I could almost feel myself shudder with wounds the way James Bond did. Well, the way I did, since it was one of the first popular first-person shooters. I sniped people from far away, I threw grenades into tiny control rooms full of people, I planted mines that would explode my enemy with just a button on my watch, which was often a friend sitting right next to me on multiplayer. And later, in Grand Theft Auto 3, I would slam through pedestrians in my car and then smash into cops until I had what was called five stars, and then I'd just pop off that cheat code which dropped me yet another grenade launcher or a flamethrower and have a terrifying shootout until I'd finally fall to my knees and the screen would go black. For a long time, violent video games have been scapegoated by Republicans and Democrats alike, blamed for a variety of violence, including mass shootings. When violent video games first came on the scene in the 1970s, they looked as simple as you could possibly imagine, with Pong exploding in popularity in the early part of the decade. The first real video game controversy came in 1976, when an extremely simplistic arcade game called Death Race shook the foundations of American culture. Described as sick and morbid by the National Safety Council, they also stated, quote, One of its most insidious and probably unrecognized characteristics is its shift from imaginary visual images of destruction, as you have in TV violence, to actual behavioral attacks taken by the player. The person is no longer just a spectator, but an actor in the process of creating violence. The game is simple. A player operates a car with a task of running over these little gremlins. Gremlins that due to the extremely simple graphics to many people looked like human beings. And whenever you ran over a gremlin, an electronic scream was heard. The theory that this game could cause people to act violently was so popular that a special was televised about it on 60 Minutes. Of course, all the publicity only served to make the game more popular, and sales reportedly doubled or by some accounts quadrupled. Video games became more popular than ever with the American debut of the Nintendo Entertainment System in 1985. Nintendo's main competitor would emerge in 1991 in the form of Sega Genesis, which advertised their console to be everything that Nintendo wasn't, a cool, edgy, rock-and-roll alternative to the sleek, family-friendly Nintendo. And more violent content was a major selling point to its teen audience. This sucks. Yeah. <clears throat> Starting tonight, MTV will no longer air the series during the early evening. <clears throat> Let's burn something. MTV's pyromaniac cartoon best buds Beavis and Butthead were even blamed for influencing a five-year-old boy to light his house on fire, and all references to fire on the show were subsequently edited out. 
When companies like Sega started pushing violent video games into the teen market with what was considered then photorealistic graphics, Congress called hearings on this new issue in December of 1993 and then again in March of 1994. The hearings brought representatives from both Sega and Nintendo to represent the video game industry and answer questions regarding the content of their games. Kano wins. Flawless victory fatality. Mortal Kombat, which had originated as a midway arcade game, had recently been ported onto both Sega Genesis and Super Nintendo and was highly scrutinized at the hearings. Both consoles had removed the most violent death scenes that their games contained, but Sega opted to retain the cartoonish red blood spurts, which were only accessible by a cheat code. Nintendo's representatives used this small detail to basically throw Sega under the bus at the hearings because their family-friendly console had avoided the issue altogether by recoloring the blood green. But it wasn't Mortal Kombat that received the most attention at the hearings. That distinction went to a lesser-known video game called Night Trap, a live-action, quote, vampire melodrama spoof that wasn't anywhere near the level of violence boasted by other video games, but did contain the controversial bathroom scene in which a screaming woman is pulled off camera by a man in a mask. Aside from causing a huge spike in the sales of the otherwise obscure Night Trap, the hearings resulted in the creation of the ESRB, or the E to M video game rating system that we know today. This system has remained more of a guideline for parents than a strictly enforced system, but nonetheless, the legacy of these hearings has lasted for the past 25 years, brought up every time we experience a mass shooting. As we talked about in last week's episode on Dangerous Teens, when Eric Harris and Dylan Klebold shot 13 students and teachers at Columbine High School in 1999, video games were among the dozens of outside influences blamed, including, of course, Marilyn Manson. The first-person alien shooting game, Doom, was singled out as being one of their favorites. Families of the Columbine victims attempted to sue the developers of Doom and other games as well, but were unsuccessful. President Clinton set up a U.S. Secret Service and Department of Education investigation into the causes of school shootings and the role of violent video games. But the final report failed to make any significant link between the two. You ever notice how finding time and energy to do the most basic human necessity, eat literal food, has become just another exhausting task jammed into our increasingly inhuman schedules? Well, your spring can be a little more stress-free with Factor. Factor will provide you with delicious, never-frozen, ready-to-eat gourmet meals that are chef-crafted, dietitian approved and ready to eat in just two minutes. Each week, you get to choose from a menu of 35 options to create your perfect breakfast, lunch, or dinner with absolutely no prepping, cooking, or cleaning up. And Factor makes sure you get exactly what you want. You can tailor deliveries to your schedule and customize how many meals you want each and every week, and you can pause anytime. So just head to factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 and use code American American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box plus 20% off your next box. That's code American Hysteria 50 at factormeals.com slash American Hysteria 50 to get 50% off your first box.
box plus 20% off your next box while your subscription is active. Check out Factor today. Violent video games were again blamed in 2008 when student Cho Sung-hui murdered 32 people at Virginia Tech University in the deadliest school shooting in American history. Early on the campaign trail, Mitt Romney referenced the shooting, stating, quote, Pornography and violence poison our music and movies and TV and games. The Virginia Tech shooter, like the Columbine shooters before him, had drunk from this cesspool. These claims, however, were unfounded. The only video game Cho was ever known to play was Sonic the Hedgehog. Adam Lanza, the 20-year-old man who killed 26 people, 20 of whom were 6 or 7 years old, at the Sandy Hook School in Newtown, Connecticut, did play a huge amount of video games. This fact was certainly not lost on the National Rifle Association, who called the video game industry a, quote, corrupting shadow industry that sells and sows violence against its own people. But what was the game most often played by Lanza? Dance Dance Revolution. In one of the most surreal three minutes of my life, I watched a grainy cell phone video of him in an arcade, bouncing and stomping skillfully while the pink and blue lights flashed. Lanza is seen here playing Dance Dance Revolution, a video game where you dance to visual cues. Lanza was reportedly obsessed with the game, sometimes spending 10 hours a day dancing to the video. Despite academically criticized attempts to link violent video games with long-term aggressive behavior, the American Psychological Association has officially stated that there is no sufficient evidence to support such a theory. There is a small body of evidence that violent video games can incrementally affect players' moods for the worst, possibly creating more combative behavior, but not in ways that are worth a federal restriction and not in ways that ever lead to mass violence. Notoriously conservative judge Antonin Scalia rejected the notion that violent video games should be restricted in 2010, explaining the phenomenon as such. Quote, they show at best some correlation between exposure to violent entertainment and minuscule real world effects, such as children feeling more aggressive or making louder noises in the few minutes after playing a violent video game than after playing a nonviolent video game. Not as dramatic as the NRA and politicians have long claimed. Nonetheless, in early August of this year, after two mass shootings, the debate was brought up again with President Trump saying, quote, we must stop the glorification of violence in our society. This includes the gruesome and grisly video games that are now commonplace. It's too easy today for troubled youth to surround themselves with a culture that celebrates violence. We must stop or substantially reduce this, and it has to begin immediately. It likely comes as no surprise that our longest-term studies on violent video games and their psychological effects have found that they are not a risk factor, plain and simple. And yet, this excuse, as we've seen, is trotted out with most instances of mass violence, whether the perpetrator be a teenager or adult, and likely as a kind of sly sleight of hand to distract from the issue of gun control. But, as we talked about in our episode last week on Dangerous Teens, this excuse is usually only used when the shooter is white. In fact, a recent study by Dr. James Ivory of Virginia Tech found that of almost 7,000 news stories related to mass shootings, video games were used as an excuse for white shooters eight times more often than for their minority peers. 
Despite all the evidence to the contrary, despite all the facts, it's still not surprising that former NRA president Oliver North went on a tirade against violent video games recently, calling America a culture of violence while, of course, missing the irony. However, North was singing a different tune back in 2012 when he was hired as a consultant for Call of Duty Black Ops 2, one of the most realistically violent video games in existence. It seems that for those in power, this debate is not about the safety of our children, but about protecting the power, the money, the influence of the NRA and distracting away from the very real issue and the very real need for gun control. Most ridiculously, most telling of this insincerity, most demonstrative of America's very real uncanny valley, Oliver North even appears as a character in Call of Duty, a younger and more handsome version of himself. This was American Hysteria's Aftershock. Next week on the show, we're covering porn. Is there anything else I need to say? American Hysteria is written, produced, and hosted by me, Chelsea Weber-Smith. Assistant produced by Derek Smith. Produced and edited by Clear Camo Studios. Researched and co-written by Riley Smith. And recorded on location at Densmore Studios in Seattle. Listen, you guys, can you come and follow us on social media? I promise I'll keep giving you content from the episodes and from my own weird life. And I'll keep those memes coming every day. You can find the links to all our social media in the show notes. And if you love the show, please rate and review. It helps us out. Thanks, as always, for listening. And my recommendation for this week is to pull out that dusty old N64, pop in your copy of Goldeneye, find some friends, and prove that violent video games do not actually cause violence. Unless we're talking about that playful but still kind of aggressive arm punch I'm going to deliver to any of my friends who piss me off during the game. Have a great week.